All right, Titus 2, 11 through 13. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live how, church? Soberly and, and where? Do you think that's possible in 2014, going into 2015, to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world? Amen. I love verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I am looking for that blessed hope. Oh, he is a blessed hope. Yes, he is. And I not only hope to see him one day, I know that I'm going to see him. Amen. Now, we read this scripture yesterday during the funeral. John 14, 1 through 4. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, prepare a place for you. He said, I'm going to what? Come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And whether you go, you know, and the way you know. Now, Acts, the first chapter, the 11th verse, the angels confirmed this. The angels were there with the disciples, and Jesus was talking to the disciples, and something miraculous happened that I've never seen happen in my lifetime. As he was talking to the disciples, Jesus began to just go up in the sky. Brother Murphy, I've never seen that before. He just began to go up in the sky as he was teaching. Have you ever seen that before? That would be something, wouldn't it? And so the disciples are standing there in verse 11 said, which also said, the angels are talking to the disciples, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? You know how in Arkansas we gaze? Shazam. Well, I will guarantee you one thing. If I saw such a thing happen here on this earth, I too would be gazing. And don't you act so spiritual that you wouldn't. They were gazing and and they were asked a question. You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? Oh, I like this. This same Jesus. Aren't you glad he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? He never changes. You might change. But he never changes. This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Now, 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, the word rapture is never mentioned in the Bible, at least not in my Bible. I got the King James Version. And it's never mentioned in the Bible. But there are words that are the same as rapture, like caught up, catching away. Amen. So here we go, 1 Thessalonians four sixteen and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, raptured together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. This is going to be a wonderful time. I'm telling you right now. I expect to be alive when the rapture takes place. And when that rapture takes place, Jesus, he's going to say, all right, here we go. And they're going to step out. 
There's going to be a shout. The trumpet's going to sound. And the dead, all of those dead people for thousands of years that know Jesus Christ are going to come up out of that ground. Uh, They're going to come up out of the ocean. Uh, They're going to come up out of tombs. Uh, They're going to come. Ain't no grave going to hold this body down. Hallelujah. And whenever they begin to rise up, the Bible says that we which are righteous and remaining shall come on up to and we will meet them in the air with the Lord and so shall we ever be with him. Give them a hand clap of glory. Hallelujah. The rapture is your ticket, your guaranteed ticket to heaven. Hallelujah. The rapture, when you make the rapture, that is your ticket to heaven. And those that are dead in the ground and they don't come up, that is their ticket to hell. I tell you now, you don't want to be a part of the second resurrection. You want to be a part of this first resurrection. It's going to be glorious and it's going to be for us who have made ourselves ready. Amen. Hallelujah. When we get raptured up, guess where we're going? Now this don't shake you up and get you excited. I don't know what will. Because anytime you talk about food, we get excited. We're going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. (laughs) We're going to go up there. And during this great time of rejoicing, some people say, well, the marriage supper, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't argue Bible. I do not argue Bible. I will tell it like I feel like I have revelation knowledge on, and I will go, I do not argue Bible. Some people say that the marriage supper of the Lamb is going to be three and a half years, and some people say it is going to be seven years. What say you, Sister Kay? I say I like to eat, and it's going to be seven years. Okay. (laughs) Amen. And it's going to be good. It ain't going to be serving no devil's food there. It's all going to be angel food. Amen. But while we're having such a grand and glorious time up there with the groom, there is going to be a horrifying time of great tribulation that is being poured out upon this earth. Now, this is another thing people get hung up on. Pre-med and trib. Some people think that uh, we are going to go through the whole seven years of tribulations. No. Some people think we're going to go through three and a half years of it. No. We are going to see it coming as we do right now. We're seeing it coming. We're seeing it begin to happen. And I think that we're going to see that and we're going to recognize it. And then that's when Jesus, God is going to say to Jesus, that's enough. That is enough. Go and get my bride. Hallelujah. Get your bride and bring her home. Hallelujah. You see, it's not important to know why it's going to happen or where it's going to happen. You don't have to know the why, the where, but you better know the who. And the who is Jesus Christ. And and if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you will stay down here on this earth. And I'm telling you right now, this is one minister that believes there is only one way to salvation, and that is through Jesus Christ. 
If you came for a feel-good message tonight, I'm sorry. But there's only one way, and that is through Jesus Christ. And I don't care who tells you any different. It is not biblical, and it is not true. Now we're going to go to Revelation, the 11th chapter. Hallelujah. Woo, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm about to fly away. Revelation 11 Verses 1 through 13, and there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the, great, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Now, forty-two months is three and a half years. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred threescore days, clothed in sackcloth these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth now these two olive trees and the two candlesticks are symbolic of the two witnesses now some people fall out this is another thing some people say that it's going to be Elijah and Enoch and some say it's going to be Moses I don't care if it is Tom and Harry there's going to be two witnesses it don't matter who they are God's going to have two witnesses that's all you need to know there's going to be two witnesses witnesses and if any man verse 5 will hurt them fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies and if any man will hurt them he must in this manner be killed these have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as oft as they will And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and of kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three and a half days, three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. Do we not have the scriptures? This is, this is important. I want to, Charlie's going to help us. We're going to get those scriptures up there. Give, give me some power on this. Hallelujah. Can you imagine this? Two witnesses, and they are given the power to shut up heaven that it rain not. Have y'all, y'all know what that means around here this summer, right? That it rain not. Gardens don't do so good, right? And here, here, here they are. And if you are a farmer, you know that if there is no rain for three and a half years, it's going to be a bad thing. No crops. Said that they even had the power to turn the water into blood. Go to your spigot. Sister kids, you turn it on. That's not water, that's blood. I'm painting you a picture of how much these people hated, the, will hate the two witnesses. They will hate them because they are able to put plagues upon the land and all this stuff. And so everybody hates these two witnesses. Now, they say that it, that they were killed and they're laying in the street and they refused to bury him. Where was we reading? Revelation what? 
11, Charlie. And we're on about what? Verse. All right, verse, verse 6. Verse, let's go to 8. Let's go to verse 8. Their dead bodies are lying in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Go to 9. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies, how long? Three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. Go on. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, make merry, and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt in the earth. Now, here they are. You got to picture this. Their dead bodies are laying here. It's been three and a half days. They're laying out. I don't know if it's going to be in the summer, but they're laying out in the street. They're bloated. Flies are gathering. And the Bible said that they are having a party. They're making merry because these two men that tormented them are now dead. In fact, they say, Brother uh, Murphy, that it's going to be like Christmas. They're going to send gifts one to another. Now, we've already seen junk like this happen. Let me take you back to 9-11. Whenever the heathens ran into our, our twin, twin towers and the other, the Pentecost and places, and over in these other countries, these heathens was taking our flags and burning them, burning pictures of George Bush, and they was dancing around and dancing around. They were rejoicing that 3,000 of our American people were killed on our soil. That's the kind of heathenistic things that is going to be going on on that day. They're going to be dancing around. And you know what? The Bible says that every nation shall see these, shall see their dead bodies. Now when John wrote this, how on earth would he know? He's probably thinking, well I'll write it, but I don't know how on earth everybody's going to be able to see that. But John didn't know about satellite. John didn't know when something happens over in Egypt today, within seconds, uh, it is piped into our living room and we're watching it on national television. So here you have uh, CNN. They got their camera on them, uh, ABC, CBS, and I always say Fox News has already gone up in the rapture, but anyway... (laughs) I could get in trouble for that. <laughs> but, but they got all of their cameras on them. And everybody's dancing around. They're having a party. Now, and after three days and a half, you know, God, God has his limit. After three and a half days, spirit... The spirit of life. And God, that's what we need. The spirit of life from God entered into them. And they stood upon their feet. And great fear, I guess so, great fear fell upon them that saw them. Go to the next verse. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up into heaven in a cloud as their enemies beheld them. And what happened? 
And the same hour there was a great earthquake and the tenth part of the city fell. And in the earthquake were slain of men 7,000 and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. Now let me tell you something. Whenever everybody's watching him, watching these two dead bodies on television and they're seeing everything that's happened. Oh my God. After three and a half days, uh, God breathes life uh, back into those bodies uh, and they stand back upon their feet while all the cameras are on them and everybody's beholding them. They're like they were dead three and a half days uh, and now they're alive again. Let me tell you something. Uh, there is a multitude uh, of dead churches uh, across the land uh, that all they need uh, is the breath of life uh, from God Almighty uh, to breathe into them uh, to whether they can stand up again uh, and be what God wants them to be, a soldier in his army. I go to some churches, not around here, but I go to churches across the United States and some of them so dead. I don't know why they don't just nail up the door and be gone with it. They dread coming and they can't wait to leave. My God, this is a house of God. We should be excited when the doors are open. We should be so excited that we want to come and we want to gather in his name and we want to worship him and we want to sing I'll fly away and we want to worship the Lord the one that gave us the breath to begin with hallelujah 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 if you think it's going to be some kind of a picnic down here during this time you are sadly mistaken look at me young people every one of you this is the time you do not want to be here. There are going to be such horrifying things happen while we are gone. It is going to be unimaginable by our minds the things that are going to go on. And I just want to slap somebody when I'm talking to them about giving their heart to the Lord wherever I might be out and about, and they make this statement to me, well, I'll have a lot of friends down there where I'm going, and we'll party. I won't tell them, yeah, you'll party. You'll be the barbecue. You'll party all right. I'm going to tell you something. People make the stupidest statements. Oh, well, I have a lot of friends down there. Like they're just going to Converse. No, the Bible tells me that hell is where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and people gnawing their tongue because it's so hot. I want to tell you, that's not a place I want to spend eternity in. And I'm not going to. Brother Murphy, I made my mind up years ago. I'm not going to. You say, you, you sound really sure. You better believe I'm sure. There isn't anything in this heart of mine to keep me from going to heaven. Amen. Oh, Lord. Revelation 19, verse 7 through 9. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and her wife hath made herself ready. Did you hear what he said? He didn't say bride, he said wife. You know, I've been to a lot of weddings. 
It don't bother me to go to weddings now. But when I was, I moved to Arkansas when I was 23 years old, and most of them been married by 16, it bothered me because I was considered at 23 years old an old maid. And I didn't like to go to weddings because, you know, my aunts, they'd poke me and they'd say, you're next, you're next. Well, I finally figured out how to stop them, sister kid. When I go to funerals, I poke them and say, you're next, you're next. And they stopped that. Amen. But I've been to a lot of weddings and never one time have I ever heard the pianos go, dum da da dum da da dum 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 Not one time have I seen the bride coming down the aisle in curlers and putting her heels on and jerking curlers out saying, I'm coming, honey, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. No, she has made herself ready. She's been waiting for this day for years and she has made herself ready. When the trumpet sounds, you're not going to have time to be asking the Lord to forgive you for anything because it's going to happen in a nano of a second. A computer second is going to happen that fast and you won't have time to say, forgive me. Um, my uncle Paul died two weeks ago. He had a massive stroke. When Uncle Paul had that stroke, the blood clot went to his brain and it killed, well, it didn't kill him. They did revive him, but from that moment on, when he had the stroke in a second's time, he was brain dead. He could no more ask forgiveness. He couldn't speak to his wife or his kids. He was just in that coma. And then when they found out he was brain dead, they unplugged him and he immediately died. But the good part of this story, young people, is that a year and a half ago, Uncle Paul made his life right. He had been a sinner for years, but he made his life right with Jesus. He laid it all down. He laid every down, everything down, and he walked away from it. His wife told me, Aunt Joan said, it was the glorious year and a half of our entire marriage. He didn't have time to say, forgive me, Jesus. And young people look at me, sometimes you think, and this is, the, this is the thing the devil tells you, you'll have time, you'll have time to make it right. You have no assurance of that, none whatsoever. Follow me to the graveyard, I'll show you, I'll show you graves of infants on all the way up through teenage years. Death, it doesn't matter to death. You have no assurance of it. And... I, I went to the funeral and I was so happy that Uncle Paul had given his life to the Lord. That's what makes our departing of our loved ones bearable knowing where they are. <laughs> you know, from the time his body quit breathing, he was in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Oh, Lord, if they'd have started to try to do resuscitation, he'd be looking down saying, uh-uh-uh, leave me alone. I kind of like it where I'm at. Amen. And the time is so short right now that we need, if possible, 
to pull them out of the flames, hating the garments that are even spotted with sin. And we got, it's like I said the other night, we've got to get to the place where that we're not just tiptoeing around it. It is time to start saying, do you know Jesus? He's coming back soon. And I love you enough to tell you that you need to get ready for his appearance. In Hope, Arkansas, a group of young people went to Ohio to help out in a small church. This was the Assemblies of God group in in Hope. These young people went to Ohio to help a small church in VBS. Well, they canvassed the area. They went out two by two knocking on the door. And they was inviting people, not just to the VBS, but to come to the church. These two girls went to this door, teenagers, and they knocked on the door. There was a man inside that had a gun to his head, and he was counting 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, knock on the door. He put the gun down, and he went to the door, and he opened it. And this little girl says, hi, we'd like you to come to our church. And he said, well, where's your church? And they told him and said, now, we really want you to come Sunday. And he said, okay, I'll come. And he came, and then he came back the next Sunday. And then he came back the next Sunday and came down and he gave his heart to Jesus Christ. He was gloriously saved. Oh, they're rejoicing in heaven. Can you do the same down here on earth? Hallelujah. (laughs) And when he stands up to testify, he stands up and he says, I want to just still thank Jesus for my number four. And he'll point at that little girl. He calls her, I don't even know if he knows her real name. He just calls her my number four. Because four seconds. Four seconds. How how far away, how close is eternity to some people? For this man, it was four seconds. Two little girls being led by the Spirit of God, knocking on the door right at the right time. I'm telling you, God's got doors for us to knock on, and we better start taking the opportunity. Amen? Amen. Uh, Verse 8. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. And the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto him, These are the true saints of God. Now we're going to go down to verse 11. We're going to talk about the millennium. The people, you know, get scared. that Oh, millennium, what's that? It just means a thousand years. It's just a thousand years. This world, we're going to come back to earth and Jesus with Jesus, and we're going to be riding white horses. Amen. That, that excites me right there. Okay, the 11th verse, and I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him. Everybody say, that's me. 
I hope you can say that. And the armies which followed him were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he should rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God. I want to stop and say this. God hates sin. God hates sin. This view that Jesus tolerates sin and immorality because of his love for us is absurd. Jesus does not tolerate sin and immorality. Can somebody tell me amen? amen. This verse said he's going to rule with rod of iron. Verse 16, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written. Church, can you say that name with me? King of kings and Lord of lords. Say it again. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourself together unto the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of the kings, and the flesh of captains, the flesh of the mighty men, and the fleshes of horses, and them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. This battle, or this supper, refers to the battle of Armageddon. The destruction from this Battle is going to be so bad that it is going to require a multitude of birds to clean up the battlefield. Verse 19. And I saw the beasts and the kings of the earth and all their enemies gathered to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken with him, the false prophet that wrought miracles before him. And with him he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These were both cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Revelation, the 20th chapter, verse 1 through 15. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the keys of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on that dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed for a little season. Now, this is where Jesus is going to set up his kingdom and rule the world from Jerusalem. And during this time, it's not going to be Democrats or Republicans or Independent. It's going to be run by Christians, and Christ is going to be the head. And it's going to be the very first time that wrong is going to be made right. There will be no money slipping under a table somewhere. There'll be no crookedness, no crooked dealing, anything like that, friends. It is going to be run right because Jesus Christ is going to be the head of it. And he's going to make you kings and priests all over the place. Now, that's why it is important to be faithful. I said you must be faithful here. Not just faithful in your coming to church. Help me, Lord. See, I, I feel a little nerve, and I just need to massage that a little bit. Not just being faithful when you come into church, but that means being faithful to God in your home, in your school, on the workplace, having work ethics, being moral. Come on, help me preach someone. 
This is still good in 2014. And also that means being faithful in your tithing. Don't nobody throw nothing at me. You're never going to be right in your living until you're right in your giving. I mean it. See, I don't get your tithes so I can preach on it all night long. You need to be faithful in your tithing. If you don't tithe, you will not starve Brother Ken or Brother Murphy out. You will not starve them out. But you will do damage to your own soul by not tithing. Can I get an amen? Some of y'all act like you don't tithe. Now come on. I'm just telling you the truth. It is it is scriptural. If you want to sit down with me after church, I'll take the time and go over it with you. But you know, and the Bible said, if you know to do good and you don't do it, it's not a mistake. The Bible calls it. And what's not going to heaven? So are you saying if you don't tithe, you're not going to heaven? I ain't taking a chance on it. I pay more tithe than 10%. I pay a little bit extra. I don't know. I might get a rebate when I get to heaven. I don't know, but but it's all right. I give more than the tenth. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging bread. Honey, I've been in this full time come November 36 long years. Amen. And I don't know if some people have tried to starve me up, but it ain't working. Hallelujah. Come on. You ain't doing nobody. No, you get mad at a preacher and you withhold this and withhold that. You are withholding the blessings of the Lord from your household. Well, anyway, I'm going to solve that and we'll just leave it alone. I'm going to leave that between you and God. Where are we? Verse 4. Verse 4. Yeah. And I saw thrones and they that sat upon them. And judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded, beheaded, beheaded for the witness of Jesus. If a little child over there in those heathenistic countries uh, will stand there and say, no, I will not deny Jesus. Uh, You can go ahead and cut my head off. Uh, I want to tell you something. There are more people that are giving their life uh, for Jesus over there than there are some giving their life to Jesus over here. We need to be sold out. If they come to us, we need to be sold out to be able to say here I am Lord I'm coming home hallelujah which were beheaded Lord I lost my place what verse was we for which had not worshipped the beast neither his image neither received the mark upon their forehead or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. You know, we feel bad. And yes, we do feel bad about those that have been beheaded for the cause of Christ. But oh, can you imagine them right now around the throne of God? 
But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such, on such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now that is why it is important to make the first resurrection. Now verse 7 tells us about Satan going to be loose for a short time to make war with the saints. When the thousand years had expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go in, out to deceive the nations which were in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went out upon the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Oh, man, this is going to be good right here. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever and ever and ever. All that ought to make you shout tonight. Hallelujah. When you think about... Uh, all of the things he's done, the, the people that have gotten wound up in divorces, the ones that have, have wound up on drugs, the ones that are alcoholics and, and all of this and, and how that the devil has drove people to all of this. And this is the day that he's going to get paid back. He's going to go to hell forever and ever and ever. You know, when we was in Gleaners, we'd sing that song, the devil is a sly old fox. I wish I could put him in a box, put him in a box and throw away the key for all the tricks he's played on me. You know who I'm talking about. This is that day. This is that day. Amen. Now comes the second resurrection. All who did not come up out of the grave on the first resurrection will come forth now to be judged and be sent to hell. And I want you to think about your loved ones. And if you're not saved tonight, think about yourself. I mean, seriously, people. Is there anything on this earth that is just so good that you'd be willing to do it and go to hell over? There is nothing. This world has nothing on me. This world has no hold on me. <laughs> makes, makes the devil mad as fire, but I don't care. The world has nothing for me. I love that song. Give me Jesus. And there's no turning back. Now verse 11 said, And I saw a great white throne in him that sat on it, from whom the face, the earth, and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in them, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever, listen to verse 15, it's very important. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of hell. Look at me, young people. That verse says, if your name is not in the book of life when you take your last breath. You don't go to purgatory. You're not going to a resting ground. You're going to hell. You say, why are you, 
why are you preaching like this? Because I love you like this. I don't want any of you going to hell. And to some of you adults, you sit around and you hold and you harbor junk in your heart and it ain't going to make it past the, the uh, pearly gates of heaven. You better get that junk out of there before you ever get up there. Amen. Come on, somebody tell me amen. He said if you're... I mean, years ago they wrote the song, please search the book again. I know my name must be in there. No, honey. When he, you stand before him and he judges you and your, book, your name is not in the Lamb's book of life, you are cast into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. Now I'm going to close with Revelation 21, 1 through 4. I love these four verses. And I saw a new heaven. And a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, (laughs) New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, nor shall be any more pain for the, everybody say former. For the former things are passed away. Now listen to me. This is the way that I see this verse, and it's okay if you disagree with me, it's okay. It's not going to split heaven or hell. Whenever Jesus, it says that God, not an angel, not Jesus, but God, on this day is going to come, sweetie, and he's going to wipe that last tear from your eye. And from that moment on, there's not going to be any more dying. There's not going to be any more sorrow. There's not going to be any more pain. And listen, he said, the former things are passed away. You know what that means to me? That means that if I have some loved ones and some friends that I know did not make heaven and they went to hell from that moment on, he takes them out of my memory because heaven would not be heaven to me if I knew they were burning in a hell. Amen. He said the former things are passed away. And yes, we will be known as we are known down here on this earth. And we're having those heavenly bodies without the arthritis, without all of this kind of stuff. Amen. We're going to have heavenly bodies. There ain't going to be a pain one. Somebody needs to say amen. But from that moment, no more death, no more pain, no more sorrow. It's going to be living with Jesus. And what all that entails, I don't have a clue. But I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. And I want to ask you a question tonight. Are you ready? If this should be your last breath, poof, right now, would you be ready? 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 If you can't say yes, if you have a I think so, then that's taking a chance. When I think 
I want you to stand with me. Hallelujah. I feel the urgency tonight of souls being weighed in the balance. I want to tell you something. If you die and go to hell, you'll go there of your own accord because when you stand before God, He can rightfully say, it was September the 24th, 2014. I sent a red-headed evangelist, and she preached to you. She gave an altar call, and you refused to come. Now, I have no other alternative but to sentence you to an eternity in hell. If that is you tonight, and I'm going to tell you something. Some preachers say, just raise your hand. No, my Jesus hung up on a cross near nude and beaten half to death and scorned and ridiculed. And I want, and somebody wants them to just raise your hand very quietly. No, you come forth like Jesus stood for you. You stand for him. You come on down here and let us pray for you. Amen. If you, saints pray. Come on, pray. I feel this strong that there are souls in the balance. Oh, God, please don't let anybody leave here tonight without knowing that they are on their way to heaven.